Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for March the 29th, Monday of the Holy Week in this holy season of Lent. On this particular episode, and our reading focuses our attention on some old familiar names and hopefully friends, at least most of them. Um, it comes from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. John 12, 1 through 11. And the setting is six days before Passover. Jesus comes to Bethany, and that's the village of Lazarus, and uh, whom Jesus has raised from the dead. And uh, they decide to give him a banquet, Jesus. Martha is serving in her familiar role as uh, the anxious and compulsive one. She's serving, actually. And Lazarus was one of those at table. And Mary is also present. But Mary this time is not gazing uh, up at Jesus so as to incur the uh, criticism, if not the wrath, of Martha, who has complained that uh, she's not helping with the serving. But Mary brings in a pound of costly perfume made from genuine aromatic nard. Beautiful aroma, very pleasing, subtle the pollen, but it fills the entire room. Think of it as a kind of glade uh, on steroids, if you will. And what she does is, she's now active. She anoints Jesus' feet. And she dried his feet with her hair. And the house is filled with the anointing. Judas Iscariot was also present because he's one of the disciples. So obviously he was invited as well. And uh, he protests over this. In other words, Mary was spared Martha, but now she's going to be inflicted with uh, Judas of all people. And Judas says, why was this perfume not sold? It could have brought 300 silver pieces and the money could have been given to the poor. What hypocrisy. As John tells us, he was not concerned about the poor, of course, because he was always uh, stealing from the common money. Uh, for his own uh, purposes, and his own wants and desires. And uh, Jesus uh, rebukes him. Uh, Jesus says quite directly, leave her alone. Let her keep it against the day they prepare me for burial. The poor you will always have with you, but me you will not always have. Mary is performing an anticipation of the death of Jesus, the crucifixion. We see in Mary's example extravagant love expressed by the anointing and the anticipation of what Jesus will do at the Last Supper. She dries his feet with her hair. 
Jesus at the Last Supper will wash the disciples' feet and dry them as a sign of great humility and what he expects of those who follow him. That is, extravagant love, extravagant service on behalf of others, even in the most menial of tasks, washing of feet, reserved for the lowest person in the household. Uh, but Jesus is among them as one who serves. Jesus is the servant of the servants, because those who follow Christ are expected and are called and are blessed to pour themselves out on behalf of others. And this is a profound example that Mary offers us today, the mother of, of the uh, sister of Martha. She is preparing for his burial. In this act, this act of extravagant love, she is also revealing the extravagant, unbounded love, the infinite love of Jesus, Almighty God, for us. For Jesus will take all of our sins, will take all of our guilt, and the guilt of all human beings from the beginning until Jesus returns again to the cross. And as that aroma from the anointment fills the whole house, so the extravagant love of Almighty God revealed on the cross will fill the whole earth. That's the extravagant love of Almighty God. And this act of anointing is a preparation for our own, our own journey with Jesus to Calvary. For we are expected, we are given the grace, the great blessing and privilege to anoint and to fill through God's grace that part of the world that we touch by our loving extravagant service and it can be something very very small it doesn't have to be as dramatic as this it doesn't have to be as profound as this but the daily acts of sacrifice the daily acts of forgetting ourselves and remembering others most especially those whom very much we may not like, we tolerate, we put up with, but we don't really like them. It's not the point. The point is not whether we like them. The point is, are we pouring ourselves out? Are we anointing that part of God's creation entrusted to us every day? That's the great act of sacrifice. Sometimes it is dramatic, sometimes it is bold and heroic. But most of the time, it's those ordinary, everyday acts of forgetting ourselves in order to pour ourselves out. For it is in that pouring out 
that we become ever closer to Christ. So this day, uh, we see the very extravagant love of God. Not that we deserve it. God doesn't love us because we deserve it. Because of our goodness, because of our virtue, because of our heroic charity. God loves us because we want it. And that is the great love of God. In our need, God will anoint us with Jesus Christ from the cross. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Again, not because of our goodness, but because of our great need. And so, we are to serve others. Not because of their goodness, or because we like them, or because of their virtue, or because of what might, they might be able to do for us in return. We pour ourselves out because we are one with Christ. And that is indeed what the Lord blesses us every day, every single day with the opportunity to do. Pour ourselves out, the gift of self-donation. As Ralph Waldo Emerson said, the only true gift is the gift of oneself. That's true with spouses, Parents with children and children toward their parents. Neighbors, co-workers, fellow students, our peers. We have so many opportunities every day to be poured out as an ointment, filling that part of the world that we touch that is so often polluted by indifference, by of resentment by sin. And yet, it is in that pouring out that God is present and redeems that part of God's creation, using us, inviting us, calling us to be God's vessels. And it's interesting the way this particular passage ends. It's kind of an aside almost. But just in case we miss the point of the first part of this passage, John says, And the great crowd of Jews discovered that he was there in Bethany and at the house of Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And many of them came to see Lazarus, who had been raised from the dead, curiosity. Let's go see this. It's hard to believe that what we've heard is true, that Lazarus is really alive. He was in there for four days, dead. Uh, and so they come to see him. Uh, the chief priest, the religious establishment, planned to kill Lazarus too. In other words, if you are going to be one with Jesus, the world will hate you. That's what Jesus said, the world will oppose you. Uh, the evil one will use anything and anybody to get us to separate from Jesus. Uh, and they plan to kill him too, Lazarus, because many Jews were going over to Jesus 
and believing in him on account of Lazarus. So to follow Christ is not some fairy tale. It is an invitation to die. So when Christ calls us, he calls us to die. And it may not be on that physical hill on Calvary. It may not be being thrown to the lions or even today as so many believers, so many followers of Christ are being persecuted and put to death because they refuse not to walk with Jesus. But it is in that daily dying, dying to the self, dying to what I want, when I want it, how I want it. And it is saying, Almighty God, into your hands I commend my spirit that you gave me. Do with me as you will, and to surrender to the almighty will of God in faith and trust. That's a dying, and yet it is also a rising. It is not the end, but the beginning. It is an anointing, and it fills that heart of God's creation that we touch today. It is hard to imagine a higher calling, a higher privilege, and a higher grace than to be one with Christ in being poured out through extravagant love. May we be with one, one with Jesus on this Monday in the Holy Week this holy season of life. God bless you all.